This is School Nursing Uncovered, a podcast for school nurses by school nurses. Brought to you by the NHS team behind the Chat Health Service, partnering with the school and the Public Health Nurses Association. Welcome to School Nursing Uncovered. My name's Laura Burrows. I'm the Clinical Lead for the Digital Health Transformation Service at Leicestershire Partnership NHS Trust. So we're doing a series of podcasts and we're uncovering challenges that are affecting children and young people and families throughout the UK. Some of the things that we'll be discussing including the role of the school nurse, mental health, safeguarding and gender identity. So for this podcast today we're talking about vaping and some of the challenges that we will face around this at the moment. So I've got a few guests with me as well. So I've got Sam, Sophie and Emma. So I'm just going to let them introduce themselves and give a bit of a background as to what their kind of roles and responsibilities are around vaping at the moment. So my name's Emma Hyam and I'm a school nurse in Trafford. I see children of secondary and primary age and vaping is becoming a huge issue in our high schools. And actually some of our primary schools were seeing children as young as eight picking up a parent or grandparent's vape so it's a real real concern in our area and actually speaking to other health professionals across the country it's becoming an issue everywhere. Thanks Emma so we're looking forward to to touching and exploring that a bit further down the line as well so we've got Sophie as well hello Sophie. Hi I'm Sophie Um, I'm a health visitor by background and I've also done an extra module to practice as a school nurse. I'm currently a clinical team manager so I lead the um, school nurses in our area and we're seeing um, a lot more vaping in our practice. My name's Sam Parry. I'm a specialist community public health nursing lecturer at Birmingham City University. Um, I'm a school nurse by background and worked with young people throughout Solihull. Well, that's our panel. So we'll we'll start those discussions as well. And just to kind of elaborate on your kind of roles and responsibilities as well. I am a school nurse by background and I used to, to practice in the, in the northwest of the, the UK. Just before I kind of left to do the role that I'm doing now, I was seeing that kind of escalation of young people coming through to the drop-ins with vaping. So I was just wondering like is that what you're all finding in your practice or within your areas I know you touched on it slightly already Emma but if I start with you Sam is that something that your students are feeding back to you at university? Yeah absolutely we have um, we've got students from six or seven trusts um, NHS trusts uh, throughout the UK and yeah they're all reporting different levels of, of sort of vaping that work that they're doing so they're having one-to-one referrals mm. uh, with young people in secondary schools that they're seeing on a one-to-one basis but also they're doing some health promotion work as well so they are producing presentations going into school delivering to young people about the the risks of vaping mm. as well we've got a real mixture we've got some as well who aren't doing as much sort of health promotion work around vaping but they're certainly doing work around seeking out those individuals that need the support Mm -hmm. so through the use of things like health health needs assessments for year nines year sixes as well so we're seeing that there's there's a mixture of what different trusts are offering to their young people but there definitely is feedback from those school nursing students that it's something that's on the increase and something they're seeing more and more of and they're wanting to know about it more and more. Yeah, because you want to be kind of at the forefront of that public health knowledge and giving that real kind of evidence-based practice, don't you, to try and help with those kind of young people who are having those issues. What are you finding in your area then, Sophie? 
Yeah, very similar. I think we're finding that children and young people are starting to vape at a much younger age and maybe the way that they're accessing those as well. Some um, may be taken from home from parents and we've also heard of some vapes been used to kind of almost start child exploitation as well. Um, so hanging around the school gates, offering mm-hmm. those vapes and mm-hmm. then that kind of leads down into that into that spiral. It's kind of presenting itself as not only as a public health, a potential public health, if you, because I know the evidence is, is kind of not there really yet, is, is there, so, uh, but a safeguarding issue as well. So I know, is that something that you've seen in practice, Emma? Absolutely, yes. Um, so I cover one of the complex high schools in, in our borough and we are seeing it becoming more and more of an issue with regards to police referrals and um, so we've had children jumped on the bus we've had children attacked in a park we've had children even at school being exploited by older children selling them a vape for 20 pound and because they're in a year seven or a year eight they're paying it we've had a huge issue with social media where children now of any age whoever's on these social media platforms can actually type in how do I get a vape Mm. and they send them five pound online and they post them through your letterbox so how do you tackle that when the perpetrators of selling illegal vapes are ahead of us and trying to keep the kids safe absolutely and you can talk to the children about safety but when they're addicted to a substance like nicotine and their only way of of getting that is through one of these platforms I don't know how you're going to change mm-hmm. that practice without a you know a real cessation program um to reduce um, the vaping and help them come off safely we've also had I know you've just touched on it Sophie but we've had some reports of sexual exploitation where girls are going to meet unknown males on parks and giving uh, sexual favors for vapes and then disclosing maybe that they're at home at a particular time you know my parents aren't in can you drop it through the letterbox and these perpetrators and predators are out there just waiting Mm. to find the right Mm. person to access um at the right time and it's it's really frightening. Some of the previous podcasts that we've been doing around the role of the school nurse talked about how you have to be at the forefront, don't you? Because everything changes Absolutely. so quickly with young people. So I've not um, done kind of face-to-face practice for about 12, 14 months. And that wasn't an issue yeah. when I was in my you know previous role. So it's it's highlighting something that I wasn't aware of yeah. as somebody who's left that frontline practice. So like, I'm worried about my, <laughs> my teenage daughter now just starting high school. That's crazy so there's not only the potential health risk which I think we'll we'll touch on in a little bit but there's that wider kind of social risk to it as well and and just leaving young people so vulnerable I think my last consultation with a young person was a young person seeking help themselves because they had become so addicted Mm. to vaping and they wanted to stop and they wanted my help as a school nurse to try and help them stop to which at the time I felt I didn't have much knowledge around it so it was a case of you know um, asking other professionals and so forth so but I think it'd be good to touch around the national picture of vaping at the moment and what is the legislation around that so I don't know whether Sam have you got any kind of input or, or knowledge around what the government are telling us about vaping. When we look for that information obviously a lot of it is around you know how it's vaping isn't uh, you know it's a healthier alternative to smoking 
cigarettes. And I think that's something that we have to keep in mind that that's the information that parents and young people are accessing as well. So it's it's their perception of what that policy is as well. But I think we have to we have to utilise our skills to influence that policy to bring about change. Um, we need that moving forward because we can see, as Emma was just saying, that that there's a, a real need for it on a national level to have to change the regulation around the use of e-cigarettes and, and vapes, mm-hmm. particularly for the protection of our young people who are so vulnerable. And we need to advocate for them. That is part of our role. Yeah. And so we need to do that on a national level. The government obviously do do want us to, to use vapes instead of, of cigarettes. And I think it's important to acknowledge that point, but also to acknowledge that there's just not enough research at the moment around the, the harm that vaping could be doing, particularly to young bodies, you know, young developing bodies such as our adolescents. Yeah. Um, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, any of you, but um, what I think we're finding an issue is, is that people aren't using vapes to help them quit smoking. They're mm. using vapes at the starting when they've not used any kind of nicotine products before. It, it's kind of a new evolving habit from nowhere. Is that right, Emma? Yeah. And interestingly, um, I'm hoping to be involved with some research in the next few months. And one of the things we wanting to look at is, are these children using vaping as almost like a mindfulness tool um it it takes them away from a situation that might be causing them stress or anxiety they're taking a few deep breaths they're grounding the thoughts they're grounding themselves and actually is it the vape and the nicotine that's causing that or is it the fact that they're doing some deep breathing and taking themselves away from a social situation and so that's something that we're hoping to explore over the next few months working alongside the young people in our schools and actually yeah just hearing their voice why why are you picking up a vape Mm -hmm. and kind of like you know explore that a little bit further because if we understand the voice of these children we might be able to implement something earlier on to help them stop picking up that vape. That's really interesting. Again, you're making me think about things that I never thought about in terms of, I know a lot of young people have fidgets, you know, if they've got ADHD, social anxiety, or those kind of tools to try and help them cope in situations. And is, is that what it is? Or is it the fact that they're vulnerable in terms of um, CCA, CSE and so forth? And that's why they've started it. So that's going to be a really interesting mm. piece of research. And hopefully there's not only your research, but there's other pockets of research, hopefully throughout the UK. that can all kind of be fed back to to the school nursing workforce so we can help these young people but it's great that school nurses are there at the forefront of doing that research because you've got that inside knowledge and that inside uh, perspective what are the young people feeding back to us so far I know you said you want to gather that evidence but have you anybody had anyone on their caseload or within their kind of that you're aware of where they've fed back anything about how they feel about it not necessarily from a research point of view I know the young person that I saw in practice who who wanted help with it said they initially did start vaping because they wanted to quit smoking again this uh, so that was their reason for doing it but they hated it but they would seem to be addicted and couldn't stop we're finding it has become maybe a bit of a a social thing and seeing the MPs doing it I know some schools have even looked at some anti-vape technology um, in toilets to try and um, pinpoint I suppose who's using Mm -hmm. them the other kind of pull is maybe the um, vape flavorings that they have you Mm -hmm. know some like Haribo kind of flavors and the availability and how they're able to access them Um, and I think a lot of it is to do with with peers 
it's more peer pressure that yeah. I think leads them into that seeing their friends actually vaping and thinking I'd like to try it I'd like to see what it's all about what is all the fuss about um, but also I was reading recently about some research done around the advertising of vapes mm. and that they seem to be appealing more to young people mm. than they do to adults who smoke so yeah. who don't seem to notice th- those advertisements as much but young people are noticing yeah. them so it's obviously something that is drawing them yeah. in and, and making them aware of vaping um, yeah. so I I think it's that along with peer pressure um I suppose the regulation around it isn't necessarily there is it I know you talked about the way I I suppose to quote in terms of predators and how they're targeting these young people so it's not necessarily the official vaping shop on your high street they're going through channels where the young people are and that regulation isn't necessarily there and I think there's been a lot of media interest in vaping recently hasn't there I think it's been on every news report that we've seen about you know the bright colourful cherry flavoured vape and and it's really targeted at young people and the regulation isn't necessarily there is it? Feeding on what you two have just said about the peer pressure that's absolutely something we've been seeing in our schools but because so many children are vaping now in our high schools six months ago a year ago those kids if they were caught would have been expelled Mm. because there's so many children being caught on a day-to-day basis Mm. they're not even being suspended so actually the schools have had to lessen their punishment consequences they've had to lessen them because they would have no children left in the school but actually what that's then showing the children is you're not going to get in trouble so maybe those children that wouldn't have started vaping because of the fear of being expelled are actually now going Mm. oh well if my friends are doing it i'm gonna do it something else we're finding is actually parental perception when they're finding out that their child is vaping they're kind of disappointed but not as infuriated and Mm -hmm. maybe angry upset hurt as they would be if they were doing tobacco or or drugs Mm -hmm. so actually these children are getting really mixed messages they're not getting expelled from school anymore and the parents aren't as disappointed as they would be with other things so actually it must be okay or it's okay it's a risk they're willing to take Mm -hmm. and actually once they're addicted to the nicotine then it's a whole other ball game yeah Sophie you mentioned that you're a health visitor and school nurse as well and that you are seeing primary school children not only young people are getting those mixed messages but maybe parents are also getting them mixed messages because I think I'm a bit confused about the messaging as well sometimes our children are seeing it much more socially acceptable to have it and I think you made um, a point before that it's quite easy for children to do it I think when we were younger and say our grandparents or parents tobacco smoked we would have actually had to physically open the packet take out a cigarette find a lighter light the cigarette and know how to light that cigarette Mm. and then done it you know then the risk of being caught because of the smell even worse if they had roll-ups absolutely (laughs) absolutely so when we were younger it was your brain your irrational brain who might have said do it did you, you, your rational side of your brain had time to go actually no you might get caught you might get in trouble don't do it it's not good for you blah 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 whereas now with vapes they're literally they're disposable they're ready to use if it's just lay on the side that child could pick that up and within an instant have it in the mouth and have took a puff mm. without their brains even taking on board what they're actually doing and we know that somebody can become addicted to nicotine mm. so if that eight-year-old nine-year-old ten-year-old however old they are has took that one puff and becomes addicted, how are they then going to feed that habit? Will they do it in secret? Will they then try and find other avenues to to get vapes without the parents knowing? Or will they just socially do it with the parents 
and be open and honest with the parents. I, yeah. I don't know. So in terms of how many children are vaping, do we have any numbers on that at all or is it kind of changing data? I think it's changing yeah. constantly. I think in Greater Manchester, the data was... I think it was 5% of school, right. of high school age children, they believed were vaping. I think if you walk past any high school now at finishing time, observationally, you'd see that it's yeah. far more than and 5%. And I think that's what most of it's based on at the moment, isn't it? Observations of what we're seeing kind of on yeah. the front line and it's not necessarily kind of research based but we know it's it's an issue and I wasn't aware that it was becoming an issue for primary school age children so it might be that part of that kind of public health work following research that health visiting has to be kind of get involved I mean you probably do in terms of mothers and so forth but you know from getting those messages in early that you know you can't vape but then you don't want to say it's bad for you because then the messages around smoking so it is really difficult getting that balance right and I think the only way we're going to to get the balance right is that research isn't it to, to make sure that it is there like the work that you're doing Emma. What kind of resources, I know you touched on this Sam already in terms of what some of the school nurses are doing um, but what are you doing in your area Emma if a young person came to you how would you help them if they wanted to quit vaping? So I'll be honest with you, we're really far behind. Yeah. Um, we're really slow to evolve. Mm. You know, we're part of the NHS and things take time for policies to change, procedures to change. You know, if a young person comes to one of my drop-ins, I can give them up-to-date advice that I've managed to gather, mm. but we haven't had any training. Yeah, we're, we've not got any real guidance. Yeah. Um, mm. We used to be able to signpost to nicotine replacement therapy, but I don't know where we would lie with the children as young as 11 and 12. I'd, 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 I'll be honest with you, it's not something that in my area of work that they are have been really clear on and really have ahead of the game with. So actually, that's another concern. Yeah. Us, as us, us as health professionals aren't fully aware of actually what the NHS's stance is on mm. these children wanting to give up e-cigarettes and vapes mm. similar to what you've said we do sort of our pathways fully not to 19 so on the health visitor side we're saying oh if you smoke and if you change to an e-cigarette in pregnancy that's massively better for the baby but then if they've also got a teenage child and they're kind of role modeling that vaping to that teenager who health professional said that would be the better option that's really challenging I think a lot of the intervention we might offer is kind of signposting and looking at resources that we've got online. I think Action on Smoking have a um, a really good video about vaping and mm. kind of the dangers that's really appropriate for young people to yeah. watch. So that's kind of where we'd go. But like you say, I don't think there is anything. That's us as professionals gathering, think, yeah, gathering resources there. that are out there that are limited yeah. resources. Mm. But actually, as a stance, I, we don't have a pathway to follow. And yeah. in terms of services, equally, I don't think there is a no, service to help young people there's stop no smoking anything. cessation no. service anymore in my area and when you've got a, a caseload we still do other avenues we don't just do public health work in my role we're still immunizing and we're still doing safeguarding yeah. it's really hard to give these young yeah. people mm -hmm. that consecutive advice and support week on week yeah. because we just don't have yeah. the capacity that's where things are going to fall down then if those that child has asked for help and you can't give that you're not going to be the face of that regularly the likelihood is they're going to yeah. disengage and continue vaping mm -hmm. It's more above what I can offer, which is yeah. really sad because that's what I went into school nursing to do, yeah. to change people's lives. Listen to what Sophie said then. It was really interesting when you said about 
you might be offering a pregnant mother advice on to use vapes, but she might have a, another child at home that continues to vape. And maybe that's an approach we look at, the family approach, you yeah. know. Yes, you're advising a mum to start using an electronic cigarette or a vape, but actually would you then continue that work to then wean them off that? And then that's giving the same mm-hmm. kind of advice and support to that whole family and hopefully give them a better future. Yeah, and, and hopefully what this podcast can do is, is share that further wide as well. So we've all got that in the forefront of our mind mm-hmm. that actually it might really help the mum, but what about that bigger family and really encourage that collaborative working. So in terms of resources as well, the Health for Teens has got some uh, really good uh, information on vaping because we, we have a really good team of digital content creators as part of Health for Teens that make sure that they're keeping up to date as possible with all that content on there that we can signpost teenagers to as well. So I know, uh, Sam, you talked about group work and one-on-one mm. work, but I think sometimes it's, it's having that capacity. But I think to kind of summarise, it's an emerging picture but school nurses are, are on the front and part of the revolution, so to speak, part of the answer and hopefully uh, the research that will come throughout the following years and the good work that's been done already in this area can be celebrated and shared nationwide and we can put things in place to really support the young people that we've got. Thank you to Sam, Sophie and Emma for coming along today. I think we've had really good discussions about the challenges that have been faced by school nurses around vaping, but I think, as Emma said, we've only just kind of scratched the surface so there's research being done and I'm sure school nurses are going to be absolutely forefront of the solution as well so thank you all for your time thank you thank you that was school nursing uncovered please listen out for more conversations in this podcast series which cover mental health gender identity safeguarding and more and remember to follow or subscribe on your podcast app so you don't miss the upcoming episodes